Last time on Critnet, the group entered into Mist and Sweat in search of these baubles for their contract for my name is. Heeding Relic's words, however, they sought to release these spirits without destroying them. Speaking to one such ghost, they set about delivering a letter to their fallen love. However, after a polite knock at the door, they found themselves unexpectedly confronted with an individual named Lorelai. She welcomed their action of delivering the letter, but as they returned to where the guard was, another stood in his place. An old man who, after some prodding from Ela, revealed to them, through a well-timed snap of a tendril arm, that they were not at all humanoid, but rather something else. He and Lorelai then let tempers calm before providing our guild members with the opportunity of rest and food after their long trek, as a show of goodwill. As long as they don't harm the specters, they seem so strangely keen on protecting. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Critnit, episode number eight. Today, joining us, we have a few guests, if they would mind introducing themselves very quickly, some of our returning guests. Hi, I'm Forrest Leader, and you can find me on Twitter and on TikTok as at Fearless Leader. I am an actor and uh, lyricist with Off the Beaten Path musical commissions and a former cast member of myth guided forgotten lore and i'm the crazy person that puts up with him my name is tris leader and um i am also an actor and a bunch of other things too former cast member of um myth guided forgotten lore as well and do some work with um off the beaten path the musical check it out because it's awesome you guys seriously all right. Well, thank you very much for once again returning with us. Uh, I feel like this is going to be interesting. And here we pick up. You at the moment being led through the doors into the ocularum, kind of the town hall of mist and sweat. Upon entering through the doors within the building, you all find yourselves looking down a long hall, two doors to left and two doors on the right. And it continues all the way down till you see the wall kind of open up after the two doors on your right, and then end in another series of double doors, very similar to the ones that you had just now entered through. You can smell in the air uh, the scent of freshly cooked vegetables, and it is warm and not foggy in here at all. Your two guides begin to walk down the hallway just towards towards the other end. What do you do? Hello? All right. Gaskar is going wherever she goes at this point. Lorelei and the... Uh, elder gentlemen, lead you down past all of the doors into the open area to your right, where as you pass by, you find it to be a kitchen. You see a dining room with one very worn chair and several seemingly new ones. You see beautifully painted flowers, fields, trees, various greenery along the walls and the ceiling of this room. You hear the sound of a sizzling pan and the smell of cooking vegetables as you had previously. A dwarf excuse me, Deodovan, stands on a sturdy homemade wooden stool, stirring the contents of the pan, whistling to himself and swaying with the tempo of his whistling. He looks about in his fifties, with his beard tied in a tight braid, and his long salt and pepper hair put up in a neat bun set by a wooden braidule. He wears a yellow doublet with comfortable brown pants, and upon seeing you, he waves. Uh, hello? didn't realize we were uh, having guests while well, and cooking. You see him begin to uh, grab a few more pieces of uh, various uncut vegetables and begin to chop them up very quickly on the side. Cruz is going to look at our guides. <clears throat> what were their names again? Lorelei. And if you ask the name of the old man, he will reply to you as Talion. 
I'm gonna say so. So I, I'm so confused. This is a dead city, and where is everyone? Is this everyone here, or what? What is going on here? There are several more of us. Uh, we are all very connected, if you would. Uh, we are the only living thing in this city, at least at the moment. Uh, none of the others have at least reported anything to us for now. So you all and us are the only few living things in the city, at least for this time being. Um, so you seem to refer to yourself as a single entity. Can um, What's with that? We will discuss it in the morning. For now, eat, get some sleep, and rest. You'll need your strength for tomorrow. What exactly will we need strength for? have a problem that we need fixing. It will require some effort. So, do not worry about it. Rest. The rooms, and he motions forward, or kind of around the corner to the double doors. The rooms are in there. Take what you want. And Lorelei turns with him at the same time, and they both begin to walk out of the room. And as they begin to turn, you do notice the Deodovan kind of like raise a hand and, by Lorelei, uh, by Talion. Uh, they never say bye. Never say hello anyway. Now, nah, well, it's fine. Are they even alive? Do you say this to uh, the Deodovan? Yes. Oh, uh, well, uh, they are, uh, they're not necessarily alive. They are kind of alive. Not, um, it's complicated, to say the least. We've already ran into one ghost down here and seeing how they can just smack away a full strength hit from me. I'm having a hard time believing they're still alive, but they're unaffected by silver, so they can't be undead. Oh, yes. No, they're, uh, they're not undead. That's... Um, the least of their problems. But they've been getting better. That's a thing. So they, they're they trying, okay? They're trying. And I'm sorry for if they roughed you up in getting you here. Uh, I've been trying to teach them not to do that. They're not dead yet. I feel like there's an <laughs> unalive joke in here somewhere. I don't know. It's like a Monty Python joke in here. <laughs> <laughs> Tis but a flesh wound. I've had all of my... My limbs decapitated. Yeah, your father smells of elderberries. <laughs> Hold on, I just wanna just just pointing out that the limbs were de- decapitated, like they each had a head. I'm sorry, I'm tired. Okay, I can't think of words. All right, it's matter of fact. The only thing he wasn't was decapitated. Matter of factly. That is a point in cin- cinematic history that could have been improved with googly eyes. <laughs> the man turns back and continues to throw more and more uh, various vegetables and stuff into this pot and begin to kind of pour out the, the last cooked serving and begin to set the table with it. And the other two turns to leave, I would have um, like brought my brought my hands together in kind of a like formal bow or I said thank you light shine in the darkness when you say that they both stop in sync turn and the light shine with you and they continue to walk do I notice this with my passive perception of 12 were you trying to be sneaky oh I was being legitimately uh, genuinely thankful then yes you would have heard it what was that all about? Like, may the light shine in the dark? What is this? What, what are you doing? It seems like a weird way of saying exactly what you just said to me. Oops, to some. You know, Gaska, of all the people here to comment on anything being weird, you should be the least one to pipe up. At that, I pull out my shadow glass dagger and I just start twiddling it in my fingers. Uh, could I borrow that actually really quickly? Mm, it, this? My, my knife? Yeah, can I borrow your knife really quick? To chop up some food? food um, yeah, sure. Give, make sure you give me some food. I'm kind of hungry. He sets down a very dulled knife to the side and begins to uh, continue 
now at expedient pace, chop up the rest of the vegetables. Can Cruz pick up his dull knife and start sharpening it? Sure. Beat me to it. Cool. Ah. <laughs> go for it. That's good. It's totally great. Blacksmith. <laughs> you both you both go for the knife and you both kind of like touch hands in the second and like, oh wait, are you are you gonna do it? No, me. You know, uh, oh, okay. I do, I I I draw back immediately and just nod at you. And I'll give you actually I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a smile, which is aw new. <laughs> She smiles. Slightly. Should I be worried that she's slightly smiling at me? <laughs> Always. Yes, sharpen the knife I will stab you with later. Are you uh, asking that out loud? <laughs> yeah, Cruz is going to ask that out loud. Like, is, I'll turn back around at that. Should I be scared that she's smiling at me like that? I don't know. Have you given me a reason to make you scared? Don't know yet. Away. Hers. She's a woman. You ought to always be afraid. Um, we'll pull a dagger to uh, hand off to our latest addition to our party and uh, be like, I like to call this one reason. You may use it if you wish. I do not care for it. <laughs> I look at it. What kind of, like, is it in good shape? Is it old? Is it, what is it? It's old. It is a, It is old and worn. It, it has like, in the in the bindings, it's like gritty. She looks at it and then looks back up at you. I'm going to have to watch out for you, aren't I? To be honest, everyone should keep an eye on Humbal. And I'll turn and walk towards my partner. Who this served? Unless anyone else would like to do anything else before plates are served. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over actually to Humbal and... Humbal, I, I need your assistance real quick. Now, are you doing this real excited-like or real covert-like? No, like I just need I I just need your help. I'm flat out asking. No secrecy. Well yes, of course, Parker. I will teach you how to read and write. I am well known for my literary skills in the Sunlands. They call me Humval, the prophet. Scholar. He was scholar, he was not prophet. Prophet is an entirely different story. But yes, what is it that you need? Is is that a jab at me being a dropout? The uh these crystals that Sir Ludicious gave us. I think this would be a good place to drop one, but I need your help. And what would you like me to do? Thinking maybe toward the entrance of, of Mist and Sweat would be good, a good place to put one of these. The entrance or the center? You know, the center actually sounds much better, but we would have to travel there first. And that is what would make it better. Shall we set out after dinner or shall we set out now? Do it now. Give us something to look forward to. Should not take long. I hope not. And then I guess we'll we'll head out and look for the center of mist and sweat. When you two head out, as food is being prepared, that would be the fountain that you had passed by earlier seemed about the closest thing to the center of town as possible. Making your way through, you don't see anyone else, and you run across the fountain. What do you do? Now, it's not entirely people that I'm looking out for. It's for those very thin strands that were associated with Lorelei. Please make a perception check. Let's see. At 14, with a 6 makes 20. With a 20, you are able to see, getting closer to the hole, three of these strands. Two of them kind of exiting down kind of the, the way that you are at the moment coming towards it. And a, excuse me, four strands. There are three going down towards you. One of them going back towards the entrance of Mist and Sweat, the way you guys came in. Hmm. I'm going to point these out to Parker and ensure that I don't touch them. You carefully pick your way around the strands and make your way to the tunnel or to the broken fountain. There's no tunnel. <clears throat> it seems like the fountain is the center, but Ludicious did say he wanted these kind of... Up and out of the way. Correct. Well, the fountain is shattered and broken, there is plenty of rubble that is surrounding it that you could hide it in there without being seen, most likely. Well, if, if unseen is the goal, then, then Humval is the man to do it, so... Or feline. Leonin. Get it right, goat man. Listen here, sleepy kitty. I am very tired. Please keep it short. <laughs> now, do you, do you want to hide it, or are you... Well, the fountain is a wonderful location. Anywhere ground level means that a scavenger could get it. So is there anywhere, like, first story that I could get to? 
Uh, you are surrounded by first story buildings, actually. All right. So one that has like a good view of like the, the fountain and like the corridor. That would be, uh, yes, there are two of them, both of them in fairly good condition with unbroken roofs. All right. I'll go with option two then. Okay. That is the one on the right. That would be the carpet or carpentry. Ah, good. Carpentry. Do you just find your way up to this roof? Yes, I do. All right. You find your way up to the roof successfully. It's not very difficult. There's plenty of handholds and things to find your way up. Get to the roof. What do you do? Uh, let's see. What do I do? How big is this crystal? About a foot, maybe less. And it just needs to be out of sight, correct? Out of sight. Well, luckily we have a blacksmith in our party, so I don't think I quite need my whetstone right now. And I will set my whetstone down with a couple of uh, ball bearings, and I will anchor it in a corner on the roof. Okay. Uh, you successfully anchor it into the corner of the roof. Do you need any ch- a checks uh, associated with that? The place that you guys hide it establishes the DC. Ah. So, at the moment, it is successfully hidden, and the DC has been set. And, uh, when I hop down from the roof and I look back at it, can I easily make it out? Nope. Good, good. And with that, I will carefully make my way back. Parker, I take it you follow? Yeah. You two find your way back to find food served on the table. Meanwhile, <laughs> Camden will uh, look over to Gascar. Where did they go? Where did they, they have some place to be? Man, I don't know. They, they kind of seem to have a habit of just disappearing together for a little while. And, and you know what? No questions, no problems. So, your group is in the habit of splitting the party. They do, at least. And so then they go, and you don't go with them. And you don't ask why they're doing that. Just met them a few days ago. I, it's not really much of my business about what they're doing. As long as they come in and they've got my back, I've got theirs. They also did announce what they were doing. Did they? I guess we weren't paying attention. I I paid it. I pay attention to everything. <laughs> then you you would have actually heard then that they were going to go hide something for one Edward Ludicious. So, they go off on their own, and you don't ask about this Edward Ludicious character. Oh, I know who he is. He's no problem. We we had drinks one time. Cruz is going to just chime in and say, he's a good guy. A place to hide something, though I suppose if you don't want it found. Ever. Since people don't generally come down here, ever. What is it? I mean, who else comes to a dead city than somebody with a screw loose? Well, attempt to not take offense to that. Um. Oh, no. I was talking about us. We're all a little crazy. Uh. Well, some people say it's crazy, and some people say it's a purpose, and we'll eat. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, anybody else do anything before dinner? No, perfect. Food is served. Plates laid out for everybody, right as Humval and Parker begin to re-enter. Uh, steamed vegetables of all sorts. Uh, it is very salt smelling as well. You can kind of tell that all of the, veg- all of the vegetables used in this particular stew or saute were all salted, most likely for some form of preservation, uh, as they probably weren't getting regular influxes of fresh produce and fresh goods. Uh, so what came in had to be preserved as best as possible. It is salty, those of you who eat it, uh, but it's pretty good. And the Deodovan finds his way to kind of the the end towards the worn chair, uh, plops down into it, and it's interesting, actually. Uh, Camden and Ela, mm. you would not have seen a lot of these. You've heard a lot of stories of them, and I'm. this would most likely be one of the first you've run across, at least in a very close-up, uh, a very close-up encounter with a Deodovan. They're very dwarven-like. Um. The main difference between them is they have four extra appendages. They have very spindly, spider-like 
appendages kind of emanating from their back that they usually use for grabbing tool use and they are very tough and can be used almost as like individual screwdrivers and without any use of or need of tools which is why they're also kind of naturally gifted with crafting and creating things they kind of were born with the tools to do the jobs uh, and so they're this one just kind of sits down. They're usually kind of folded up. He hasn't extended them at all at this point and just kind of sits down and gets into eating his now freshly created salted vegetable mix that he has served everybody. I think Gaskar saddles up next to Camden. So Camden. Gaskar. Why are you so interested in these settling the souls? Question mark of these dead people like that seems like a very priestly sort of thing and i mean the gods have been dead and gone for years like why would you care about that sort of thing well that's a fair question let me ask you this why care about the living because we're here they're here too why are they here because they need a little bit of help well, where are you we but then it begs the question of where are we where are you sending them to I, I thought like all of that was proved to be disconnected so long ago that's a very good question Gaskar you see I don't know about what things come after this but I know that when someone isn't free to be who they're meant to be. They, they deserve to be released. Don't you think? But again, like, where are they? I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think they should be released, but where are they even being released to? I, at this point, it seems like they're just dissolving into the aether around us. Well. Oh, no, they're in the bubbles. Wait, what? Say that again? Kind of stops in the middle of a mouthful. Oh wait, excuse me. They're in the bubbles. The little thing, little yeah. things around the neck. Yeah, they're uh, they're in those. Oh, the necklaces. Yes. But I saw one of those things dissolve earlier. Oh yes, it, the uh, the soul is uh, after they die, they are uh, sealed within the bubbles themselves. It was uh, an unfortunate ruse by a group when they were still alive around here. Okay, that seems really kind of messed up. Who gave them these things? I have to agree with Gaskor on this. Good, good question. Uh, when I was around uh, helping out, I was... I didn't think anything of it. People were telling us that it was just, you know, it was something to protect us from the dangers in here. Some said it was for oxygen, others said it was for the heat. Uh, they just handed them out to everybody. Uh, everybody was wearing one, nothing was crazy, nothing was bad. Uh, they, they seemed to help in some way, shape or form. We didn't really know until, uh, well, until the, the attack happened and, uh, well, once everything fell and turned to absolute chaos, People began to die by the droves. It was only then that we realized that the uh, little bubbles would attach to their souls and keep them up and walking somehow. Or I, I don't actually know if they would have been ghosts without it otherwise, but all I know is it attaches to their soul and when you slay and or release them, they just collapse into it. With the description of these bubbles being told, can I make an arcana check to see if I can remember or know of a magical device? From last session, on your successful check in this exact uh, scenario, you would remember that is, in fact, Soul Jar. I remember now. Well, <laughs> oh, and, and Gaskar would turn both to Camden and the Steodovan. So what happens if that thing falls apart or dissolves or what what happens to their soul then? Well, uh, for the time being, I haven't seen one break. Uh, we've done 
a fair part in keeping them safe as best we can. Question, but I thought one dissolved after Camden had like delivered the letter. So what happened was it collapsed into a single droplet that then fell onto the bell and the bell gained blue lines through it, pretty much symbolizing Uh, that it had done its purpose. Of which, Camden, you still have that bell, mind you. It was never taken from you. Uh-huh. Okay, so then, so then backing up, because I'm sure Gaskar... Well, I suppose Gaskar didn't know that, because he didn't go into this room. Well, you would not. Hmm. So what happens if something happens to that bobble? Don't know. They don't know. That's why we're trying to keep them safe. That's why I'm having them guard this place. How difficult are those baubles to smash? Who are you asking this? The uh, Deodovan. I have not personally tried to break a device that is holding the soul of another, so I don't know. If they give us reason, it's fair to say the, the bobble around their neck is their weak point. At this point, they've been struck by many a weapon, silvered and not. So far, not a single one of them has broken. My good sir... Your food was most delicious, and I realize that my manners have left me. May I know your name? Oh, yes, sorry. Um, Being down here for so long, uh, you begin to forget formalities. Um, Babadach Orin. Well, you said something interesting a moment ago, Babadach, that it is the reason that you are having them watch over and protect. Uh, yes. What uh, do you have in this? Um, uh, well, and you see him kind of move his foot to the side, and you see a silver string leading from his boot just out into the hallway. Uh, well, uh, I can't really leave. Um, it's strange, the relationship I now share with this, uh, with them, but, uh, it's mutually beneficial. You like to leave? No. Uh, I feel like she has me here for a reason. And this reason is to guard these souls and guard this place. There's a reason, had to be a reason that I was the last one to fall. Had to be a reason I am not part of them, but just part of them. Are you referring to your friend Lorelai that left? Oh, no, no, no. Um, uh, I am referring to a very dear friend of mine whom I believe has granted me the sentience amidst this creature. I am referring to the goddess Valia. But, um... Wait, wait, wait. You said Valia. Yes. Is dead, isn't she? Wait, Parker, um, Valia and Castiel's box. Like you were telling me this story before. He, he, he just said that he is connected to Valia. Valia, can you show him the box? Box and see why not. Ah, oh, yes, Camden, allow me to show you the box, and I'll pull out the box. He produces a two foot by two foot by two foot wooden box with handles on all six sides. Where were you keeping that? Wouldn't you like to know? No, actually, no. (laughs) Well, at the the moment, the satyr has been like the last person who has done anything. So he probably just has a backpack it's been in, but. That's a big backpack. Some, like build straps around it that I've just been like having on my back maybe is it something that uh, GM that we recognize no so this box is super weird if you put something in you get something else out you get a rug do you have anything of not value anything you discard I put a guest car no humval <laughs> <laughs> Don't put Kaskar in the box. I will not become your next rug. <laughs> uh, 
Cruz is just going to pick up a rock and... There's no rocks around here. Oh. I now point at Cruz. <laughs> I might be okay with this. <laughs> I'm too big for the box. No, like a, a spare dagger or anything. A bootstrap. I have several daggers, so I hand you one. Uh, as you hand it to me, I'll actually push it back and I'll gesture to the box. No, you put it in. Any of the doors will do. Just pick one. Are they trying to pull a fast one on me, GM? Can I tell if they're lying? Roll an insight check. 14. So at least for the time being, you think these, at least the ones who have spoken in at least the past three minutes, if they were to trying to keeping a secret or trying to trick somebody, they would probably outright say it to their face before, you know, trying to pull it. Uh, so you can pretty confidently deduce that, you know, this is probably not them trying to pull a fast one on you. How many drawers and and doors and stuff are there? There are six. It's just a basic cube. Oh, okay. Six sides. Okay, they're not marked. There's nothing interesting on them. It's just all plain. Nope. Okay. I just, whatever is facing out right now. Okay. I will open that and put it in. Roll a d6, please. Four. Roll a percentile. The third four, by the way. This box is only made of fours. 47. Percentile. 47. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, it's never good when the DM laughs. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's fitting. <laughs> oh boy. When you place the dagger in the box, all of the lines that kind of make up the the flaps of the box diminish significantly. You Gascar plugs his ears, uh -huh. remembering what happened last time. Uh, Noticing that, I will also just kind of hesitantly anybody, so. cover my ears. After six seconds, all the lines reappear on the top of the box in along the sides. Hey everybody, this is Chris Cornish, your audiomancer for Critting It. I just want to take a little time out to ask you to do a couple of things for us. Find us on Twitter and follow us if you haven't already. We are at crit underscore n underscore it. Also, if you could please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever else that you find us, it would help other people find us and get the story out to others. And speaking of the story, let's hop back into it. Gaskar looks at you with eager anticipation. Open it. Open it again. Open it up. I will take a like half a step back so that I'm back like a foot and a half and reach out with my arm. Okay. <laughs> and not be like right there. All right. And I will, I'll, I look at Camden. I've got my hands over my ears. I look at you and go, I shrug. <laughs> I give him kind of the like, thanks kind of look. <laughs> and I open the drawer. When you open it, I would like you to make a deck save, please. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> just for her because I was like literally right there too uh, just for her because she opened it okay. 10 10 10 is well let me let me see if this uh, meter beat when you open the flap on this box you see your dagger fly out towards you and then kind of land on the floor except what you notice is it turns to you and suddenly you see four, like two little hands and two feet on the dagger. You see it kind of sit up and you realize that the blade kind of fluffs down into what would look like a tail. Like the entire blade has just been severed in thousands of little slices and just kind of articulate with a little bit of like a, a fur-like texture. And the handle kind of twists in like a triangular, like a triangle nose. And you see beetle little eyes. Almost looks like a squirrel made out of a dagger. Okay. What does it do now? It looks at you very skittishly. Okay. Try calling it. Call it, call, call it to you. 
It looks like it recognizes you. When you say that, it runs out the door. I'm going to go track it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and now I... I'm, I'm totally running with Duval. I am. I cannot Sorry, believe it. Sorry, what's the movement speed? 20. 20? Yeah. I got a 30. I have a 35. You catch it. You... Okay, 70? you are... You are able. You are able to successfully catch and catch up to this dagger squirrel. Okay, so now that we have caught it, is it trying to like cut us? Is it trying? Is it like sentient about its own nature? I immediately hand it off to uh, Gaskar. All right, Gaskar, you <laughs> now hold within your hands the dagger squirrel, of which its tail is trying to flick around and try to stab you. Uh, it, however. What's your AC? Uh, 16. Cannot get through your armor. Uh, I'm going to toss my spring trap to Humval and say, put it in this. Ela, here, here. This is, this belongs to you, I think. Hmm. Hmm. Is it, it's, it's, is it, it's skittish, but it's calm. It's. Uh, at the moment, it seems like it is beginning to calm down after now gaining sentience. It is beginning to, at least now, learn what sight is, what touches and smell, and you at least smell familiar, so it's starting to calm down. Unbelievable. I love it so much. This is, this box is called Castiel's Box. Castiel, from what I understand, Parker, please correct me when I'm wrong, because I'm probably wrong. The Castiel was a demon and had a friendship or partnership with Valia and gained a little bit of, I guess, power from Valia or blessing from Valia to live the life that he wanted to live, which was not so, mm, let's say, demonic, but a little bit more trickstery, I guess. And... So this box, I guess, is like the embodiment of his nature in a mechanical form because apparently it's not magic and somehow it transforms things. That's crude, but doesn't deviate from the truth, yes. It's always random. Always random as to what it does to the item you put in? Yep. Correct. It seems so far to be random. At which point I turn to the Deodovan. So Valia, huh? What's Valia got to do with a squirrel knife? I haven't the fracking clue what you are all going on about this <laughs> box. I I know the story of Castiel. I know of Valia. I don't know anything about knife squirrels popping out of boxes. Now, don't focus on the squirrel knife thing. The box itself, the box. Well, uh, and you see him go over and, and attempt to pick it up as Pumval. Uh, I pull out one of my hand axes and I fling it into the still open drawer. And please roll me a d6. I'm as soon as I see that hit, I move. All right. Not a four, a five. Okay, roll d6. Oh, never mind. Excuse me. Never mind. All right. Roll a percentile, please. Super high. I want eighty-one. Give me eighty-one. Ooh, the dice were reversed. Uh, 28. Okay. So, throwing your hand axe in, uh, naturally all of the doors close and lines disappear after six seconds. You see the line once again reappear. I'll go over, I'll pop it open. Popping it open, you pull out your hand axe, which is now clean cut, sharp, and it looks as if it has been enhanced to a plus one. Whoa. <laughs> I give it a little spin, twirl it in my hand, give it a little nod of approval, and set it on my left side. What has this got to do with Thalia? Come on, man. I don't know. I, I look, He's now looking at the box, now that there's nothing being shoved in it. I, I can't tell. It's It's... There is something to it. I can tell you that. There is something I'm getting from this box, but it's being muted. Or it's been mixed with something. It's it's like a, a diluted 
trace. It's not pure. Whatever it is. Um, DM, does this sound like anything that I, like, I would have been, I suppose, camped into, but uh, that I would be, like, is this striking any chords for me at all? Please roll either a religion or history check. Both of you. I like neither of those. Can I have a different one, please? <laughs> I mean, as a cleric, I, I assume that you would goof. be good at one of those. Um, <laughs> you would assume. You would think. That's funny. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, that's... I'm rolling like nope, no, no idea. good tonight. Seven. Not a clue. Seven. I, I also got a seven. Mm. Nah, it's not ringing any bells. It's... That's that's really interesting. I, I I don't I don't know what to tell you. Y'all, any of y'all know anything more about Alia and Castiel? At least, like the nature of their relationship. I know that he served her to the rest of his days before he he died peacefully. Well, not really died. He disappeared, but we assume he died. He was, a, he was a demon turned man. We don't really know if he died or if he just faded. That's an interesting question, too. Now you've piqued my curiosity, though. Uh, I'll open one of the drawers and I'm going to pull out a set of bone dice. Okay, I, that, I put a furry little paw on your hand. They were warned to not do too much at all on the same day. Gasca, Gasca, no. Fortune favors the board. Let him do the thing. I mean, we've done three items before, so this isn't too much. No, I put, I put my hand on, on yours, holding the thing. I'm risking things here. It's just a set of dice. I know, but you have no idea what it's going to do. A dagger thing almost hit me. <laughs> Instead, it created something. <sighs> I back up further. Okay. <laughs> I close the drawer with the dice inside. This time, Huval's going to go take cover. Please roll me a d6. <laughs> As it kills the drawer, I say, I'm not healing you this time. <laughs> um, wait, 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 Sawyer, Sawyer. I, I would like to... Um, as one of my new level three things that I have at ready all the time, shield and pull use one of my first level spell drives. All right. To do it. An invisible shield appears around you to protect you until start of your next turn, plus five to AC, including triggering attack and take no damage from magic missiles. <laughs> I will also cast guidance on Camden. Okay. What is your D6 rule? Well, we're going to find out. It's a five. Stop running off the table. Holy. Thank you. <laughs> now, please roll a percentile. All right. 45. He's too excited. Okay. Sorry, audience, our DM is hyperventilating. Give us okay. a sec. And I opened the door. Inside, <laughs> you see your dice completely unchanged. Okay. I pick up my dice. Okay. When you pick up your dice, they feel normal. I cast identify. Is that a... I forget. Does that just allow you to know the nature of the object? You learn its properties, how to use it, whether it requires attunement, and how many charges it has, if any. Okay. Having now identified these dice, you would recognize these now as cursed dice. These dice, for the one who rolls them, will immediately decrease the years of their life by the number rolled. Give me those. Oh, holy cow! <laughs> I didn't tell you what they did. Uh, it's just for me. <laughs> These are very, very evil objects in your hand. Wants to play Yahtzee. Hi, Camden. What is it? 
They didn't fly at your face. Big money, no whammies. No. <laughs> no. So do they do anything? Can, can you roll them for me? Oh. I, um... I'm gonna, um... <laughs> let's see. <clears throat> you do have a whole lot of hammers. Bold, it's true. right? You know what? I very carefully put the butt, put the dice back in the drawer and close it again. Oh <laughs> yes! Please roll a d6. Gaskar backs way up. <laughs> Cruz is going to lift his shield up in, in between him and the box. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, yeah, I now, um, I now cast Shield of Faith on you because you're being stupid. <laughs> I got a four. Four. Please roll a percentile. Thirty-eight. <laughs> oh no, I think we broke right. him. And I open the drawer. Right. Okay, no, no, no. Before you open the drawer, Gaskar slowly and carefully approaches you. Why did you put them back in the box? And I, I just look you like I'll, I'll, I'll take a knee down to to be at your level because they came out wrong. Can you come back here with me before you? Can, can we just leave those in the box now? <laughs> they live in the box now. <laughs> a burn pack of popcorn. You don't want to open that microwave. <laughs> I open the drawer. Shield of Faith plus two to your AC. Okay. Upon opening the drawer, does a 21 hit you? <clears throat> yes. I tried. The next closest person. Oh, that would have been me for sure. I haven't left the side. Does a 23 oh, hit you? Yes. <laughs> when you open this drawer in a flash two things shoot out of it you can't see them until you feel it a deep resonating pain on your finger looking down you both see two onyx black rings now dawning small trickles of blood slipping out from underneath it you feel wrong. Parker and Camden, you just feel like something is sucking the light out of the world around you just ever so slightly. Everything kind of goes from bright light to kind of dim. Your belly kind of beginning to feel less full, more on the empty side. <clears throat> I uh, cast identify. Right now, this is a cursed ring of life loss. Well, well, that's not better, Box. Uh, right. Okay. Um, so, hmm. And with that, uh, do I also know the means to remove it? Remove curse. A greater restoration would work as well as remove curse. <clears throat> um, huh. Okay. So, um... I'm gonna walk up to you now. So, did it help? No, it got worse. No. Is this often hand happen with him you have no idea I gently take your hand and look at the thing it feels cold mm -hmm. what finger is it on his ring finger which side left or right uh, left you a lefty or a righty right well I mean you don't use that finger that much I am sort of attached to it <laughs> can be solved <laughs> we have a plus one accent that can, in the community 
did just get a shiny new axe, so yes, we can solve that problem. Arger, it's a ring of life loss, and every week that you wear it, your life will be shortened magically by a year. That sounds lovely. Now, amputation seems to be the go-to. Is there no other alternative? It can be removed by a great restoration spell and uh, um, possibly a remove curse. And and it's cheaper because that's only a third level. Uh, that would cost a third level magic tech drive, which they're not hard to find, but they're expensive. Where if you go greater restoration, that's a level five. They're very expensive and harder to find. So let's focus on the level three. Well, for now, um, I'd say we just proceed. Do you think perhaps we could be done playing around with things that we don't know what they do? Because I feel as though the bone dice, regardless of what they did, you didn't really say, um, would have very easily been smashed by any number of things we have around here. (laughs) It's a thought. It's a thought. I mean, amputation's free. Yes, but then you're down a finger. And that's not something that I can fix at this moment. I'll wait. Tell you what, guys, why don't we sleep on it? And in the morning, we'll figure out what we have to do here. And then he will be top priority as soon as we get topside. Have you been shown to your rooms? They were pointed at. Okay, well, would you like me to show you to your rooms? Please, if you could. Okay, just can you put that box away? I'm, it's a little, uh, it makes me a little nervous to just having it out here. I don't like a fly to fly in there and for it to come out as like some crazy beastie to eat me. That dagger squirrel is scaring me enough. Speaking <laughs> of which, have we named the dagger, dagger squirrel? I vote for Stabby. Got little eyes. I was going to ask what it's doing. Uh, at the moment, you see it begin to you put it in its cage or are you still holding it it's cage yeah there was there was a cage trap. presented right yeah, sorry my, my spring trap oh um yeah no i don't um i uh, did you have a sheath <laughs> for the dagger yes i did no um what i do is i try to sort of um, entice it like, you know, I don't know, scritchy fingers or something. It's not a cat, but to crawl up onto my shoulder. Make an animal handling check. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. That's going to go real well. Oh, that's actually not that bad, but I've been rolling terrible tonight. I think I need to retire this guy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, 13. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, you see the little little dagger squirrel kind of putting out its its little hands and kind of like opening and closing and it like move its tail back and forth like it's getting literally just the handle of it now being alive uh and when you put your finger out it kind of like leans into it a little bit uh and you find it kind of like slipping into your hand almost uh like just kind of putting the 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 little handle into your hand almost and it seems to be enjoying it it shoops up onto your shoulder, taking the opposite shoulder of the flamethrower. Um, and I will, um, the, the sheath that it was in, I will, mm-hmm. I will hold it up there for it, for whatever it wants to do with it. <laughs> you see it kind of sniff it, uh, kind of slide its tail in a little bit, like backing up into it, and just kind of like sit up. It doesn't fold in completely, and you can definitely... It's like a squirrel that's just kind of sitting on something. Mm. But it seems comfortable enough. 
<laughs> I really want this. And then let it perch on my shoulder. For you. <laughs> just to throw a name in, just to throw a name in the hat. Dirk is a really good name. <laughs> That's Dirk the Dagger Squirrel. That's Dirk Daggler. I like that a lot. Um, yes, by all means. All right, uh, just follow me really quickly. And you see him make his way quickly into the hallway, uh, of which you see, of which you see Lorelai returning as well, kind of holding in her hands a couple sacks of random, random objects. And you see him uh, kind of motion you guys into the door after he opens the big double doors and uh, right inside, please. And entering, you guys find yourself in a room that's about 30 feet across, 20 feet wide. Uh, Not crazy big, but big enough. It's got several cots laid out. The cots have pillows, blankets. It looks like it was set up to be fairly comfortable in here. Uh, One of the cots is kind of uh, leveled, if you would, as if it has been being slept in for quite some time. Uh, and that is the one that Babadatch begins to make his way towards. And just uh, take uh, whatever ones that you want. Uh, they're all free and up. And honestly, it'd be nice to have guests uh, again. Did I see which yes. way Lorelai was, go- was walking? Yes. When she was entering, she went into the door, first door on the left. And I, as we, we go into... Can I be kind of last in the door? Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to shut the door behind doors behind all the boys. Right. And go to knock on that door. The door never closed. Can I see her? Mm-hmm. Looking inside, you see desks littering this room that have all been kind of pushed together into this conglomeration with kind of a, a central walkway, kind of like a, a half crescent. And as she goes in, she begins to pour papers out and begin to sift through them, looking at them and kind of organizing them, piles all around her. And you just see her begin to sift through and look at them, not seeming to have noticed your presence. I will stand just in the doorway. I won't come in yet. And I will just say, I don't remember the last time somebody responded with that. Uh, It has been taught to us as a proper response. By who? The abnormality that is Babadatch. He was not meant to be anything special when we found him. He was meant to just be absorbed in like the rest of them. He was not supposed to have any special traits. He has been more than persistent in his consciousness thanks to a Thanks to a bobble he kept on him, that once we absorbed him, found its way to us. And from then on, we have, we have taken the abnormality in, naturally, but being unable to necessarily conquer him, we have then begun to learn from him. After absorbing him, we gained some level of consciousness we didn't previously have. Yes, learning. It was one of the greetings he taught us for his goddess. What it means? He has taught us that it is a common greeting from a long time ago, but we have not surmised the meaning behind it. You are not wrong. It is old, very old. As I said, it's been a very long time since I've heard anyone respond properly. Besides my partner, of course. But it means so much more than that now. I remember a few things from your past. Very vague, but I know you have had very close ties with this goddess. You must know more than Babadatch. I don't know why you would think so. I mean, all the gods are dead, aren't they? You and I know that is a lie. You are old. You have lived through many things. You are what we are, but in one body. And with less clutter. 
Perhaps. What happened to this bubble? It is with our body, our true body, hidden away, so as not to be disturbed, nor attacked, nor to have it fall in the hands of some wayward guild member who would use it to fulfill their own purposes. What do you think its purpose is? Babadatch seems to think the purpose of these orbs are to be placed back together like puzzle pieces. He ran across old stories, not terribly old, but old enough, that told of when the powers that be granted magic to this world. Sometimes it could be conglomerated to make stronger magics. So he thinks that it might work with Valia. What do you think? I don't think anything. I think the thoughts of all those who've come before me, and all the thoughts that I am. I don't have my own opinions. I never had my own opinions. I just ate, absorbed, learned, and continued. That was my existence. But now that I'm feeling, now that I'm actually considering things, I've never had to form my own opinion yet. I've just had Babadatch teaching us. So I don't know. And what if someone else, someone not a wayward guild member, came looking for this item? to do good with it. Would you stop them? See her turn and look to the papers behind her. I would hope that one with such a mission would hear my words first, in that it cannot leave here. Its strength is what is protecting these people. I am not strong enough yet to let loose the object that is keeping me here and together. If it relieves itself of me and Babadatch with it, I'm likely to fall back into my old ways. And that is at least one thing I do not want to return to. These souls, that is what is making me this place's protector. I do not wish any harm on these people. I wish nothing more than for them to find their rest that they've waited so long for. Well, and that is what these and she picks up a piece of paper. That is what I'm trying to find out what these are. I hold out my hand for the paper to look at it. She motions you over to the table where there's a lot more papers. I'll actually come in this time. Coming to the, to the table, you see a lot of paperwork. You see ledgers moving material in and out. You see all kinds of paperwork, people, receipts, things. And then you start seeing schematics, uh, breakdowns, notes scribbled on pieces of paper. And then you find a breakdown of what one of those little bubbles are. And at the bottom, you see a symbol marked on it, like a seal. It's vaguely familiar, but you can't place it. But she places her finger on it. These were created by the Reinhardts. This does that make any sense to me? The Reinhardts, you would at least know, is a very strong family in Everrain. Everrain itself, being a country, the Reinhardts are the reigning family over the military side of things. You have the Reinhardts being kind of the military and economic strength, the Silenaras being the like political figureheads. And the Deodovan, recently engaged in, are kind of the civil people who take care of uh, the common man in their daily day, uh, day-to-day needs and infrastructure. I will kind of commit that symbol to memory to be able to maybe draw it later. Thank you for your company and for your candor. Please know that we do not seek to harm you or any of these people, to the contrary. Um, but change for the good may be coming soon. We trust you. We have seen your heart, and we know your intentions are for the better. If Babadatch will allow you, we will stand to the side. Just know, whatever the consequence, we do not intend bloodshed and we are sorry if we cause it